Let's get down to business. Welcome to Profits and Purpose, a Colorado Business Roundtable production that unapologetically tells the stories of businesses good through conversations with Colorado's business leaders. Please welcome your host, the president of the Colorado Business Roundtable, Debbie Brown. Hi, welcome to the Profits and Purpose podcast. So very excited today to welcome Heidi Williams to the show. I got to know Heidi through her role as mayor of Thornton, and we've just really grown to have a lot in common over the past couple of years and was really excited to see Heidi um, being chosen to be the director of opioid response for the Colorado Attorney General now for the state of Colorado, which is such a critical issue that we're facing. Um, She also serves as board president for Ralston House Child Advocacy Center and is on the board for the Front Range Community College Foundation. So Heidi's been very, very involved in her community and uh, welcome to the show, Heidi Williams. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me. So before we jump in to your role with the Attorney General's Office, tell us a little bit more about you. Uh, How did you end up being a public official initially? I know a little bit of the story, and I think our listeners will find that really interesting on how you jumped into public life. Yeah, so never in my life did I think I would run for office. I was um, a business owner in the city of Thornton. When I opened my store, I had a uniform retail store. And when I opened my store in 2004, I had a lot of problems with the city. And I'm sure that a lot of your listeners can relate to that, having them, you know, in the business world. There's a lot of, you know, building codes and licenses and permits. And it's just this frustrating, you know, big red tape um, issue that, that folks go through. And so as I, you know, got my business going and, and was, you know, I would talk to economic development and they would, you know, keep surveying me and asking me how my experience has been with the city. And I would just get frustrated because it, it was basically the same thing all the time. And they didn't really do anything to change the experience that I was having. And my assumption was that other small business owners were having the same uh, issues. Also noting that small business owners have a very small amount of money that they're working with to get their business going. And the delays that I experienced, I truly believe set me behind for the entirety of the time I had my business. And so I got mad. And a few years later, after we were pretty well established, my husband and I were chatting with a friend one night and I said, you know what, I think I'm just going to run for mayor. My husband was like, you can't run for mayor. You don't even know anybody. And I was like, oh, is that what you have to do? Like, I had no political background other than just kind of paying attention at the national level. So at the time, we did have a friend who was on the school board, and he had asked my husband if he was interested in getting into politics because he'd love to have him run for the board seat. Of course, I was sitting right there, but as the female in the room, I I wasn't the first person he asked. So I still give him um, a hard time about that now. But I ended up being appointed to the school board because the guy who was term limited in my district, he actually resigned early. And I had been going to the school board meetings for about four months at that point. And so I applied and there were about five or six of us. And I got the appointment, I guess, probably because they knew at least I'd show up to the meetings because I'd been going for so long. (laughs) I was. Yeah, I was also nine months pregnant with my son, so I was sworn in three weeks after he was born, and so he's never known any other life than me being a public official. But anyway, then I then I met people, right? So I got to know Eric Hansen, who was the mayor of Thornton at the time, who then a couple of years later decided to run for county commissioner, and that's kind of how this all started. So uh, he and some other key people in our community helped me run against two 
city council members who actually had been in politics for a long time, one of whom had been at the state legislature for eight years. So I won handily and uh, served for eight years and was just term, term limited in November. So it's a big transition uh, not being the mayor right now, especially during this pandemic. Yeah, absolutely. And I would think, too, it's almost like a, you know, the Mr. Washington or Mr. Smith goes to Washington. That was it. You know, someone gets mad and feels like they can contribute to the public policy issues in yeah. the city. So I would say Thorne actually has the one of the most robust small business programs in the state. And so I'm very proud of that and just being able to really push that while I was the mayor. Well, and even large business, medium business, small business, like everything's grown in Thornton, right? Yeah. In the last, all of Adams County is such a thriving area for business. Do you yeah, feel- we added 20,000 people to our city while I was the mayor. Wow. What was your biggest takeaway from that time? You're not serving now in a public capacity, even though you did for quite, for eight years, it sounds like. What was your biggest takeaway? Uh, was it, you know, learning how to collaborate with lots of people who think differently? Was it just getting things done, sort of an execution? aspect what what do you re- what will you remember most yeah i think that what it's done is it's really grounded me and helped me understand that there really are more than just two sides to every story there are folks who don't believe the same things i believe but they're good people and i think the one thing i figured out pretty quickly other than the fact that i don't like the politics of politics which is kind of funny to say but there are so many politics in all levels of government um but that people really have the same um, outcome in mind, but we often have different ways in which we think are the best way to get there. And so once I kind of figured that out, it was much easier to work with my fellow council members. I was in the kind of minority party, even though we're nonpartisan, everybody still knows what your your uh, politics are. And so I had to work really hard to get things done in that kind of uh, environment. I like that so much about you, Heidi, and it's interesting. Now I don't call you Mayor, Mayor Williams, but uh... I really always admired that about your leadership style, that it was less about the partisan politics of the day, and it was really more about bringing people together and serving citizens. And when people get discouraged about elected officials, I like to keep you in mind and some of my other friends that are serving in mind, because that's really how it should be, you know, as far as citizens serving for a period of time and then going back uh, to a regular job. So I I appreciate what you did. Thank you. Sometimes I get frustrated with other levels of government, especially national. And I think, gosh, we have so many great people serving at the local level. Why don't they, why don't they serve at that level? And then I'm like, oh yeah, because we don't want to do with the politics, uh, you know, that you, that you have in that partisan divide. So um, while that's frustrating, I still think that everybody serving at every level is doing it because they love, you know, either their city or their state or their school district or their country. You know, everybody starts out with the right reasons, but it is, I think it is easy to get disillusioned and a little cynical when you're serving for that long. Well, and now you're in a role that's statewide, which is really exciting. And I was so um, such a great choice by our attorney general, Phil Weiser, for your appointment. And one of the things I read in the press release when he chose you was, uh, you know, I, I printed it out because I thought it was so interesting. And he talked about the opioid addiction crisis and how it impacts so many different areas from public health, um, law enforcement, schools, communities, business. But one of the reasons he picked you for this crucial role um, was because of your local government experience. And he indicated your listening skills, your opioid strategy experience, and your ability to bring people together and implement a strategy with state and local leaders. So that's a really big vote of confidence. And I'd love to hear about your current role 
um, how it's been transitioning from local government to the statewide role that you have. Yeah, so I'll talk to the second part of that first. Um, transitioning from local to state is a huge deal. It's been really fascinating to understand how the state departments work. And that's the biggest learning curve I had, uh, frankly, because it's very, very different at the state level. But what I'm learning is that there's a lot of great programs that are going on at the state level. And we have a great opportunity in Colorado to really streamline what we're doing around substance use. And I think we have great partners that are wanting to do that. So that's very exciting. As far as my role, a lot of my role really is local government outreach. Um, the money that will come in from the settlements and just quickly, so the listeners really understand what I'm doing, the attorneys on our opioid litigation team are in the process of settling with some distributors and other folks, other manufacturers of opioids. Uh, the, the most famous lawsuit is that against Purdue Pharma for their role in the opioid addiction and crisis. Um, but there are others that we are working on settlements with. When that money comes in, um, that money will likely go to local government and or the treatment providers, the public health department in the form of maybe grants or some other way. We, we're still negotiating a lot of that, how that's going to work. But we have to make sure that the whole state is receiving those funds, getting the resources they need. Um, oftentimes, our rural communities can get left out. And so one of our priorities is to make sure that doesn't happen. And also that the tobacco money, what happened with that doesn't happen again with opioids. And so we're being very careful in our settlement negotiations to make sure that this money is to be used for opioid abatement. And let's back up a little bit, Heidi, because if I'm thinking about my world, you know, operating Colorado Business Roundtable and some of the work I do on business policy, and you and I have had this conversation, this affects workforce, you know, tremendously. But back us up to what is the opioid crisis in Colorado for someone who it hasn't affected? It's affected so many of us, but but if, if it hasn't, give us kind of big picture on that. So in Colorado in the past decade, so the past 10 years, we've had over 5,000 deaths related to opioid uh, overdose. Some of those deaths are related to fentanyl or heroin. Um, I will tell you that over 85% of people who are using heroin have reported that they started using prescription opioids first. So whether those prescription opioids were prescribed to them after a surgery or for some kind of pain relief, or if they were diverted, meaning that Maybe a teenager got into their mom and dad's medicine cabinet and grabbed a couple of their pills or, you know, they were sold on the black market in some way. That happens a lot. So one of the things, you know, I really want to work on is prevention education efforts. And that would include businesses helping remove the stigma of why somebody has substance use disorder, because it really could have started from a surgery, you know, encouraging the business world to really wrap their arms around this issue and participate in helping people get treatment and participate in recovery services, that'll build a much stronger workforce. And we know that if people have meaningful employment, that gives them a reason to stay sober. And that's really important. You know, everything's changed, obviously, in the last couple months as far as mission and scope for the Colorado Business Roundtable and some of our partners Tell us how the coronavirus has affected 
your work and in particular the people that you're trying to help? Yeah, so I have a lot of anecdotal information. Obviously, we don't have hardcore data numbers yet, but we do know that folks who are receiving medication-assisted treatment, people who receive uh, methadone or some other form of uh, medication to kind of help them wean off of opioids, it's hard for them to get that now. Um, they may not have the opportunity or the ability to drive or um, there's no public transportation available or something like that. So there are folks who are not getting the medication they need. There are folks who aren't receiving their um, behavioral health services like they normally would. Although I will say telehealth has proven to be very successful. We are seeing a rise in suicides and a lot of times suicides are directly related to substance use and behavioral health issues, obviously. And so I would expect that we'll see the, the numbers grow in folks struggling with substance use or reverting back to that behavior that they were successfully um, recovering from. So it's it's going to be interesting to see what the data is like, but I have a feeling that the epidemic is going to grow as a result of COVID. That's so interesting because I always think of this as, uh, you know, a two-pronged problem as far as the health pandemic that's happening and still a lot of fear about folks getting sick and returning to work. And then the second path being the economic devastation that's following in terms of the business community. And I think what you're saying is, look, there's a whole nother layer of this mental health issue that perhaps we're not aware of that we need to be aware of. Yeah, especially like if you think about folks who've lost their jobs, I mean, right there, that's a, you know, a reason, if you will, to go back to like self-medicating with, you know, alcohol or marijuana or, you know, opioids or whatever their drug of choice is. Some folks are actually using methamphetamines and opioids, like uppers, downers. So I think that, you know, people being stuck at home, um, you know, can really be draining on, on their mental health. And so I think there's a lot of factors that are going to play into this that um, we aren't thinking of. Yeah. And when we're ready for the economy to get back to, you know, to get thriving and chugging along at full speed, you know, we need a workforce that's ready to go. I mean, it sounds cold to maybe just think about it as a workforce issue. Of course, it really is a people issue. You know, if people are going to thrive and and fulfill their dreams in Colorado, um, you know, they need to be healthy on all fronts. What can we do? You know, is there a website we can point our partners to, Heidi? Or what would you want the business community to do to help spread the word about this important issue? Or are there any particular action statement, action steps that we should take? Yeah, I think that, well, you can always go to the Colorado Attorney General's uh, website, coag.gov, and there is a section on opioids. And we also would love to have the engagement of the business community as we get a little bit closer to figuring out what solutions we're going to offer up as a part of these negotiations and these settlements. Um, I would love a chance to just talk to business groups and business leaders and brainstorm ways in which you all can help. Again, I think that there are great opportunities for business owners and employers to work with their folks and potentially even do some screening to say, gosh, I think this person might really benefit from some treatment or recovery services. And I, as an employer, I want to help with that in whatever way I can. Um, and just getting rid of stigma. There's a lot of stigma around opioid uh, use disorder, and we would love to get rid of that. This is truly a disease that affects people's brains. 
Really well said. Um, well, we would love to partner with you. Perhaps we put together a little um, Zoom meeting or something where some of our business partners can come together and help brainstorm with you on solutions. I think in this critical time, what I've seen, and perhaps you have too, there's a real opportunity to collaborate. And, uh, you know, crisis really, I think, sometimes can either divide people or bring people together. So count on us as partners you know, our business partners to help be collaborators with you and the attorney general's office to help solve this problem. I love that. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. We're looking to the community. The community is really going to be what solves this problem. And that's faith-based organizations, community centers, boys and girls clubs, businesses. Um, And a lot of your business folks are engaged in those other uh, types of community as well. And so if we start with the business community and really get a coalition together that really wants to help on this issue, that will spread throughout all of the communities. So I really appreciate that willingness to help partner with us. And and I look forward to future conversations. Of course. And thanks again, Heidi, for joining us, Mayor Williams, and appreciate all that you've done for not just the city of Thornton, but now for the entire state of Colorado. And we look forward to speaking again and figuring out how we can best partner. So thanks for joining us today. Thank you. And I appreciate all the work you're doing as well, Debbie. You're a great benefit to our community. (laughs) Thanks. And thanks everyone for joining our Profits and Purpose podcast. And we look forward to being with you again. This has been a presentation of the Colorado Business Roundtable. Be sure to check out all of our episodes on Podcatchers Everywhere at cobrt.com. Our technical producer is John Ekstrom and Deaf Communications. Thank you for listening to Profits and Purpose.